0: All right, Dad. I know cars have been something that when I was growing up, you always valued and always kept a nice looking car, clean car. But I wanted to talk to you about the change in cars over your lifetime and specifically the technology, because right now you're driving a Tesla Model X, which is an all electric vehicle. What was your first car? And I want you to kind of talk to Ezra about the change that you've seen in your lifetime in cars. I started out with a 1953 Plymouth flathead. Um, I had a paper route. I was 14 years old. And I inherited like three or four different paper routes from kids that had paper routes, went to high school, graduated, and they gave me their paper route. So I ended up with hundreds of customers. So I had this wagon and I had a box, a flower box. It was about, oh, four feet long. And I would stack papers up in that and carry them. But I couldn't carry them all at one time. So I'd have to carry them, distribute them, come back, get more, come back, get more. So there was this 1953 Plymouth that I bought for like $50. <laughs> that was not a lot of money, but it was kind of a lot of money for me back then. And... It was um, a stick shift and I'm sure that people won't understand all of this, especially Ezra, was a stick shift. It's a gear shifter that you use to drive your car to change the gears, which is now automatic. Everything's automatic now. If you have a clutch and a brake, there's something old about your car because nowadays they're not even going to have accelerators anymore. So a lot of things are changing. But back then, I had this four cylinder gas combustible engine um, that would get about maybe 50 miles to the gallon. And back then gas was 15 cents a gallon. So I'd go get 20 cents worth (laughs) and drive my car around on my paper route. So I didn't spend a whole lot of money on gas. But the car didn't have a floorboard. And I had to put a floorboard in because it had rusted out. Now, you remember, I lived in Pennsylvania. It's very cold and snowy, and they put a lot of salt on the road to melt the ice. Well, the salt will also eat through your car metal. So this one had a floorboard problem. So I could drive the car and look down and see the ground moving. So me and my buddy, his name is Gary. He helped me, and we put this floorboard in and fixed it up. We painted it and, you know, it was a half-decent looking car. I think I sold it for $100. This is the story of my life. Selling cars. I started out with $50, sold it at $100. Bought a 1953 Chevrolet. Um, and then I bought a 55 and I kept making money every time. So this carried on till I went in the military. So I had an old car and I sold it and I sold another one. I sold another one. Pretty soon I was driving a a sports car. This was in Germany in 1979. So from 1962 to 1979, I bought every car that I, I owned and I never paid any payments on a car. And I did it all through this, just buying a car, fixing it up, cleaning it. Sometimes all I did was just clean it and I'd sell it for a lot more than what I paid for it. So that's a story of my life. But This 53 Plymouth was kind of, you know, my favorite car because it was, I was 14 years old. I didn't even have a driver's license. So I would go out four o'clock in the morning and drive this car because I had to go to school. So I was done by six. So nobody was on the road. They never saw me. So I drove that till I got a license. I got a license when I was 16. I got a learner's permitted 15 license, 16. But this car, um, wasn't the prettiest <laughs> and it it burned oil and the engine had like, I don't know, ninety thousand miles on it. But it ran. And me and my buddy used to work on it. We did all kind of stuff to it. But because we could, because it was so simple back in those days. I had a carburetor, four cylinders with four spark plugs and you changed the oil and as long as the oil was clean, your car's keeping on running, especially Plymouth's and Chrysler's and Buicks and those older cars they really ran pretty good but anyway um I even drove this car to school and parked it and I hid it because playing sports I didn't get out of school until like six o'clock in the evening because of practice so nobody even knew I had this car so I hid it in the woods and I would go get it and then drive it from there but and didn't even have license plates on it so i took a lot of chances with this car but um it was it was my first car so it was better than a bike because i used to have a bike before that and i went everywhere on that bike but then i start using that car got a little bit lazy and it was cheap because i didn't have to spend too much money on it so once i i started using this car, I saw the value of just keeping it clean and taking care of the engine and changing the oil and making sure the spark plugs were clean and those kinds of things. And I did that early, early. Nobody taught me how to do it. I just did it. And um, I used to get this magazine, I think it was called Popular Mechanics. And it even back then I used to read them all the time. And it would show cars of the future. I'll never forget this. They had a car that had a table in it and there was no steering wheel, there was no brakes. People would just get in, you tell the car where to go and they would sit there and play cards while their car was driving. (laughs) And I said, man, I can't wait. And they said by the year 2000, they would have those cars, right? So that didn't happen in 2000 because 2000 I had a Volvo, almost had a Volvo every year, but um I I remember that very um very vividly about how I wanted a car that drove itself so throughout all of these years all the cars I went through and I think I had like 10 Volvos who knows how many I had but had lots of Volvos and I was always about safety and I could sell them for for more than what I paid for sometimes we were in this is before we went to Spain you were like I don't know, two years old, because that's when we had the the talking car. I, you don't remember, but I used to tell you stories about this, about how the car would say left door is open or right door is open. You were two years old. You were just beginning to talk and you were you were saying exactly what the car was saying So if the car said the left door is open. You would be in your car seat saying the left door is open and the right door is open. Your headlights are on. You would say this at two years old. But this car um, was after I got a Volvo and I sold it. I was a two door coupe. I can't remember it was the last one they made like this It was a two door. It was really nice. And um, we had it at Aether, but you were very uncomfortable in this car. So we bought that that other car I can't even think of the name of it um Japanese car but we bought that car because it was four door and it was easy for your brother to get in and out where I wanted to keep my Volvo but I sold the Volvo for a profit and bought this other car and we went to Spain with that one but um oh it was a Nissan and uh that was probably the first Japanese car I had and then I bought Toyotas after that and I had a Toyota in Germany where I bought it from this doctor, and it was green two door, really nice. And um, I sold it for a profit, and that's when I bought the the um, English sports car. It was called the Wedge. I can't remember the the make, but it was the Wedge, and it was green and had yeah. racing stripes, and you know it was really nice. And I think I sold that when I did sell it, and I bought a Volvo. You may remember that. That's the one we had in San Bernardino. It was blue. And everybody used to say how pretty this car was, and I hated that color. It was a color your mother picked up. <laughs> it was really bright blue. But everybody liked that color. I didn't like it. I'm kind of the plain Jane kind of guy. In fact, my 53 Plymouth, we painted it. We painted it gray. And back in those days, people were driving yellow cars and orange cars and purple cars. My car was (laughs) great, but I didn't want anybody to see it anyway. So probably nobody noticed it anyway, because it was ugly to them, but it wasn't ugly to me. But that was the beginning of me getting cars and understanding the value and, you know, taking care of them. Um, Again, nobody told me that. Um, The people that raised me had a, I think it was a Chrysler, I'm not sure, but it had a push button and they wouldn't let me drive it until I was about 17 because they had they probably they had to go somewhere. and They needed me to drive, but it wasn't just for me to drive, but it had push buttons. And back in those days, you know, to have a shifter on the on the column because they had shifters on the floor, but I had a shifter on the column where you shift a one, two and three and you have to push in the clutch and You could go, but this car that they had, had this dynamic low transmission and you just press the button and that was the latest thing out. You press the button and you know, the car would go into gear so you could put it in drive and then you just go. So back in those days, they didn't have many of those type because everything was a shifter. You had to shift the, the gears. So you had to learn how to drive with a clutch and a brake and a gas pedal. So I go through all of that, get through my Volvos, Audis. I hate BMWs. Never got a BMW. Austin loves BMWs. Austin is your uncle, of course. Um. So Audi, BMWs, and well, not BMWs, but um, Volvos were kind of the car that I bought from the time that I got in the military and found that those cars were more value. They kept their value longer American cars. So that's how I started and the Volvo was a safe car. So that's why I went to the European cars. So I went through all through the European cars. And then one day you start telling me about a Toyota that was electric. And I'm like, this kid's crazy. He's always talking about these crazy things. And so I didn't pay much attention to it, but you just kept on talking about it, talking about it. And we needed to buy one of those cars. We needed to get one of those kind of cars and and so once I started looking into it and and you know what that was, the Prius. And so, you know, it was like, Okay, we could try a, a electric car. It wasn't all electric or just partial electric, but it did save gas and it wasn't the prettiest car on the yeah. road, but mm-hmm. it was clean and I could sell it for a profit or pretty much the way I paid for it. So we bought that Prius. I think we gave that Prius to you. I'm not, I can't remember. Do you remember? So I think that may have been your first Prius, but did we buy that in Hawaii? Yeah. So then I went back to Volvo's, (laughs) but that was a pretty good car actually. And, um, it was very economical. So that was the beginning of the electric stage and me beginning to think about what gas cost and all of this stuff about electric cars. And But you were the first one that planted that seed in my head. So now, after we own that Prius, it wasn't so bad. So the next thing I know, you're talking about this Tesla. I thought Elon Musk was an idiot. This guy, he doesn't talk very well. and. He, he he tries to dance. He has no movement. He, he's the most cumbersome looking guy I've ever seen trying to dance. Puts on cowboy hats now and big glasses and wears boots. And he still looks like an idiot. But the guy is super smart. So you start telling me about Tesla, 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 Tesla. We finally bought a Tesla. So then I guess my first Tesla was that Model X. And at first, I really didn't it was different and I, I didn't like it. It was okay, but I love my Volvos and my Mercedes and my Audis. And, but once I got that Tesla and you begin to see the value of, you know, uh, the speed, the, the the visibility of it. I mean, it's the appearance is very good. Um, the electricity (laughs) that you use is very limited. You don't pay a lot of money car is fast and everybody wanted one so I began to like the Tesla now I still like my Volvos and as you know now Volvo has an all-electric car and if I didn't have this Tesla that's probably what I would buy but um electric now is is the way things are and you know it has one pedal no clutch you don't shift the gears in fact it doesn't even have a transmission the 53. Uh, Plymouth that I had had a transmission. That's what you shifted when you shifted the gears. Very cumbersome, and you could have lots of problems with them. Desilets don't have that kind of problem. So once I migrated to an electric car, I've kind of given up on combustible engine cars. I think they're polluting the planet, just like Elon Musk said. Um, We're running out of resources. Oil is going to not last forever. So they're going to have to find an alternative, but but mostly it screws up the planet, the air. So when Ezra grows up, hopefully everybody will be driving everything but combustible engine cars. They'll probably be in museums and people will wonder what it was like to drive a gas car. So Ezra might be in that situation by the time he grows up, but probably by 2030, there'll be 80% of electric cars 2035 something like that um, that's the way they're going and so now I drive another Model X and uh, his grandmother has a Model Y and so we're completely electric so all the way from a 1953 Plymouth through tons of cars I didn't even want to talk about all the cars I had because I've had so many but I probably had more Volvos than any other car but That seemed to be the most reliable car on the market, and it's safe, and uh, the resale value is very high. So, with Tesla, that was the other reason that I went with Tesla, because the resale value is very high. But the same year, I always, I don't know if I talked to you about this, but you could buy a brand new Cadillac and cost you almost the same amount as a Tesla. Within three to five years, that car is worth maybe $12,000, $16,000 at the most. And the Tesla's at seventy-eight or 80000 When you've paid $100,000 for the car, why would I buy a car? And in five years, it's worth $16,000 or $20,000 if you kept it up. You didn't put a lot of mileage on it, but most people beat up their cars. And so you don't get a lot of money back. So the Tesla was the way to go for me because of the value and uh, the technology and how everything is now. Soon, going back to my uh, Mechanics Illustrated magazine, there'll be no gas pedal. You'll just have a brake. And even Volkswagen doesn't even have a steering wheel. They're working on that already. So by the time Ezra's driving, he probably gets in the car, programs it, tells it where to go, and it'll take him right to where he wants to go. And he'll be playing cards on a table in his car while it's on the way to his destination. Something I saw when I was like 12 years old.